Hello, everybody, and welcome back to IntelliBridge's channel. We're sitting here once again with John and a whole host of interesting people. We're going to get to everybody, but first off, we've got to kick off this announcement for the open beta. John, please tell us more. Yeah, so we're, we're very pleased to, to announce today um, our private beta launch uh, today, um, and we're going to be opening up the waitlist to, um, to customers over the next weeks. Um, basically, what it means to be on a private beta is that we've actually launched the product on mainnet, on Terra's mainnet. So these are real transactions. The product is fully, fully de deployed, and and operational, and, and transactions are being broadcasted on on the Terra blockchain. And um, and so now I think Craig will take you through a demo of the product, so you can take a look at what we what we're launching. So yeah, thanks a lot. Um, happy to uh, introduce the uh, beta version. Uh, we've been working very closely with our users in the alpha period uh, to get all the great feedback uh, from them and use it to evolve the product. And uh, what we've essentially uh, got here is a, a really interesting aggregation of all the, the fantastic products and protocols that are available within the, the Terra ecosystem. So the idea is to be able to um, aggregate across uh, all the accounts and we've then got some key functions that people are able to do, which, you know, in order to uh, transfer and add and on-ramp and all the important things with these products. Um, and what we've then got underneath is uh, the delineation into the various areas that people are used to from a day-to-day -day banking point of view. So we have our checking account, and that contains all of the uh, main stable coins that are within Terra, as well as what will be coming up soon will be things like DAI will be supporting. Um, we've also got uh, the savings account, and this is now where people are able to interact with Anchor, which is uh, a fantastic component, which uh, we're going to see a lot of activity around, particularly from other blockchains. And uh, then we've got our investments account. So this is uh, uh, an abstraction on the mirror protocol. It's a fantastic way for people to then interact with uh, various assets and um, you know, get exposure to products, uh, financial products that uh, normally they wouldn't be able to in particular markets. So this is a very exciting area. And then finally, just by way of quick introduction, uh, we've got our card account, which is um, uh, going to be a, a, a debit card, which is on its way. That's a, an integration and a process that's, that's ongoing right now. Um, and that will then give people the ability to use that card in day-to-day -day retail uh, uh, situations, which is really exciting. Uh, you know, it's a great way to then be able to, um, for example, make money on the interest of the anchor and then go and spend that. So it's that complete vision and that complete solution. That's very much uh, what Terra is about, uh, providing that full uh, life cycle of being able to, you know, move money around and then transact with it. So let's get into a little bit of detail around some of the key functionality. Uh, so one of the things that people always ask about initially is, um, uh, how do we get money in? How do we get funds in? So uh, in this uh, version, and we're going to have um, additional on-ramps uh, incoming. Uh, for this particular one, uh, we've partnered with Transac, and they've got a really great product that allows us to um, choose a lot of different currencies that we're going to convert from. And in this, uh, sorry, <laughs> in this scenario, let me just go back. Uh, we are just uh, uh, operating with Luna, which is fantastic. It's a really good, easy uh, um, uh, currency to work with. And as we proceed and as more uh, items become supported, we'll just be adding those. So it's really exciting. You know, every few weeks, there's more and more things that are possible and that can be supported. So in this kind of situation, I would just go ahead and choose, say, I'm going to do euros. And I could say, for example, I want to do 100 and I can do a bank transfer, which is very efficient, great way to do it, low fees. 
and I would then go ahead um, and my wallet is already loaded there. So this is uh, ready to go with the, the, the cash wallet that we've set up. And it's a question from here of just going through the, the a light KYC. So within you know certain uh, bounds of uh, amounts, uh, one doesn't necessarily need to do full KYC. Um, and within a couple of minutes, uh, we've got uh, Luna that are ready to be used within the system. So I'm just going to jump out of that. And we'll go and you know, take some examples of some of the, the transactions. So listed here, my top 10 holdings, really nice way of just knowing where everything is at. So in this example, I've got um, you know, quite a lot in Luna. And I think what I'll do is for this, I'm gonna sell a few Luna, and then I'm gonna use some of those funds to uh, do a deposit and anchor. So for this, let's just say we're gonna uh, sell five Luna, and it will just do a calculation of the price and the fees. So uh, it's busy calculating right now. So very neat, low fees, nice and efficient. And we go ahead and confirm that. And at this point, uh, the, the, the D app is talking directly to the blockchain. There's no servers involved, no backends, no databases, none of that. It's a straight communication, takes a few seconds straight through to the blockchain. And then that transaction is broadcast on the main net. So from that, I've now got 30 UST I can play around with. And I'm going to take advantage of the you know, excellent interest rates that, that are available within Anchor. So immediately, I always want to be you know, putting as much as possible into this as we go along. So I can, for example, just put 10 UST as a, as a simple transaction, and we go ahead and uh, we'll confirm that. And again, you know, straight communication onto the blockchain. So these are ways that people have of utilizing their funds. It can be a savings transaction, which is going to get excellent interest and just keep going. Or I can, you know, feel a little bit more sort of speculative around the investments. Uh, let's take a look at what's coming through in Mirror. There's some excellent assets here. What we've done is we've categorized them. So made it really easy for people to understand where things are in terms of uh, the general uh, assets that are around. Uh, we've got ETFs, which people are really happy about. They want to see a lot more of these. That was some of the feedback. And then there's the blockchains, which are the synthetic versions of Bitcoin, et cetera. Uh, for this example, um, I'll go ahead and, and buy uh, an asset, you know, types of things that people like and are excited by Netflix. I use that a lot, so may as well go and get that. And I can, for example, just go and do a quick purchase of 10 UST of Netflix. Let's get that. And again, the same process. Uh, and, you know, even though the stock is quite high, I can get a small amount so I can get fractional ownership of it, which is great. People can spend what they can afford and what they're happy to do. And with a few clicks in this whole process, we've been able to, you know, move money in and then be able to do interesting things with it. Uh, all of it abstracting, as we said, the user from the complexity of some of these protocols um, and the fact that they are quite independent, but this aggregation system is a really good way of then bringing it all together, uh, giving people uh, sort of things that they're familiar with in terms of the way that they are referenced, but essentially underneath is access to the various protocols. Um, and so with that, uh, you know, it's been, you know, good to, to show you some of these capabilities. Um, uh, and I'll hand back to John and any questions from you guys. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, this, I'd like to just open it up, um, Ronald um, and Sergio. Um, you know, like to ask questions, uh, Michael as well. All right, I guess I'll just start it off by saying that the uh, user interface looks really, really friendly. It's it's very sleek and uh, it looks like something people wouldn't have a lot of problems using. So congrats on that. It looks pretty wonderful. 
Thanks a lot. Yeah, it's an evolution uh, and it's involved uh, a lot of uh, feedback from the users. People are really excited about this product. So they've been wanting to, you know, be involved. And that's been fantastic about the, the alpha rollout now into the beta is there was such valuable data and information that came from people and allowed us to prioritize because in any development situation, everyone wants everything. And it's about just working out the, the optimal sequence. It's like a Chinese puzzle trying to work out exactly how to unlock the, the, the system, but it's been great to have all the feedback and all the excitement. Uh, there's a lot of people that are really happy to, you know, start to now play around with mainnet. Testnet has been fantastic and we learned a lot from it. And now we actually get to, for example, get the, the great interest rate, all those kinds of things. So yeah, it's, it's, it's very exciting times. Awesome. Uh, this is Ronald over here. I have a question um, about kind of the, uh, the transition from the alpha testing to the beta testing right now. I'd love to learn some of the greatest insights or learnings you got from alpha testing, either from a user or just what you've noticed on the back end about like usage statistics or, you know, patterns or whatnot, and how you took, you know, an example learning into what you're currently showing today. Great question. I, I think, um, I think there was a lot of interest in Mirror. Uh, it is something that's quite interesting for people uh, and new, and people have heard about that capability of being able to work with synthetic assets. And uh, there was a lot of great uh, feedback around just how it was split up and the, the segmentation of it. So we you know, listened to what people were saying in terms of ex expanding it out and providing more categories uh, and then the ability to search and work through it. So it was a way of just opening up that capability to people and uh, you know, hearing the request from them and this you know, will feed back to the team is, uh, people really want to get more uh, ETFs. Uh, generally, that's you know perceived as as a, as a great investment. Generally, those are aggregated investments. People like that, so they want to see more of those. But it was really interesting to work on uh, the mirror side of things, um, and then also to hear from people around what what they would like to see from an on-ramping point of view, how they want to move uh, currency around between different apps, different exchanges. Um, and a lot of the, the on-ramping and the, 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 the transfer systems and the, just the flow that we came up with was based on, on, on what people were comfortable with, particularly first-time users with, um, in the crypto world. Uh, people are not quite used to putting in um, those long addresses, whether they are Ethereum or Terra or whatever, and it's just getting them through those initial hurdles of just, okay, so that's how it works and that's fine. And, we learned a lot just from you know handholding and getting people through that and using support. Uh, and once they were they were there, they were through it. So yeah, it's been you know very interesting and, and a lot of things that we didn't necessarily think would be priority, and that was what people were keen on. So we then uh, raised that up on the roadmap. But it's an ongoing process of evaluation. This next stage will now give us an insight into some very specific things that we are testing out. And uh, another follow-up question is, um, do you uh, custody or own um, the either the UST or the cash in the checking account or the synthetic stocks, any component of that? Um, you, whether it's, you know, holding it in your account or in the middle of a transfer process to another user, um, in which case this is kind of like a, like a Celsius or like a BlockFi, um, CFI, or do you have custody of those assets yourselves? So, or, yeah, do, we have, do we have custody ourselves as users? 
No, so it's, it's a, yes, the user has access, not the application. So it is a true decentralized app. And uh, all of those uh, records of those assets are contained on the blockchain. We unlock it with a smart wallet and then people are able to transact with it. But it is all within their own control. Uh, we just use uh, the smart wallet to create a key to unlock it and then they're able to, to do all the transactions. But none of this is stored anywhere other than within their own wallet, if you will, which is obviously a, a nebulous term in, in general ways because we, we think about as a wallet in, in normal day-to-day uh, -day life is actually not the case in DeFi and blockchain. The wallet is the key. So that's the thing that they have total control over. So like in, in true DeFi fashion, uh, anyone could uh, potentially spun up uh, a, new, a new cash uh, website, so even if it's just on, on their local computer to, to interact uh, with, with the app with, with their wallets. So uh, I guess, uh, because like one of the main reasons uh, or at least concerns that I've seen is like, yeah, it's all fine and fancy saying that it's decentralized, but uh, Truth be told, we're all interacting with the web UI. If the servers go down, then I'm stuck, uh, you know? So yeah, I have the custody, but if I cannot interact with the custody, then I'm screwed. <laughs> um, good good question. <laughs> you know, we are able to run these locally. We can, you know, create any number of interfaces on any number of URLs, and that's a direct yeah. communication to the blockchain. So there, there's nothing in the middle there that that's needed in order to do that. So, you know, when we're testing locally, we are looking at this exact same data and it's our yeah. local version that we are able to fire up. Uh, it doesn't rely on any uh, backend servers for the business. Um, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that's, you know, that's always, you know, been so great about this. It gives a lot of confidence to, 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 to people. Definitely. Yeah. Um, actually, um, I, I also have a few questions. Um, so, uh, you mentioned some some light KRC, I mean uh, KYC, sorry, and uh, yeah, it can scale up depending on the amounts. Yeah, we we'll, I think we'll know the regulation by now. But um, will that be solely done uh, through Transac? So all the information that the person is providing, it only goes to Transac, or uh, does Cash uh, receive some of that information to then I don't know facilitate uh, some some like the, the more transactions afterwards or something like is it just transact or does cash uh, have something or not so, another great question yeah essentially uh that is a a, a process with transact and we're working on, a, on another integration that will also use kyc from that particular provider uh, our aim our principle our philosophy is to not store user information uh, so as much as possible all of the serious stuff around user info, all those kinds of things. We want to avoid that. Uh, there mm -hmm. are certain aspects of CRM that are, that are built into this and they are you know, other providers, but the general mm -hmm. philosophy is uh, to not store uh, data as much as is, is reasonable and as possible. Um, yeah, yeah, and so far, so good with that. Yeah. I guess it's also a way to, to cover yourself from uh, other expenses, uh, legal expenses, et cetera, because then, yeah, the government can knock on the door asking for like, hey, I want information for this, but you're like, yeah, sorry, I don't have any. <laughs> um, another one, uh, so for savings. Um, so one thing that uh, I've come to love um, in, uh, <clears throat> in an application, which uh, I use a lot, I'm guessing you guys know of it, uh, Revolut, 
yeah. is the the vaults so the saving vaults so basically i set up an objective like i want to buy a new phone or a new tv and every month i just put uh, a few dollars over there and that way i can segregate my savings i can save for for a tv and the phone at the same time but they are different amounts so i can then prioritize them etc and with anchor uh, what i've come to to yeah, let's say dislike uh, is that I don't have that possibility. So I have my own wallet, but if I want to segregate into objectives, I need to have multiple wallets, which is, of course, uh, not optimal. Um, is this maybe planned uh, in the roadmap or something for cash? Yeah, yeah, John, maybe you want to jump in there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's, um, there's definitely something in the roadmap, and we actually calculated that if you put ten thousand to anchor. The interest earned on that would cover a lease on a Jeep Renegade, would cover your Netflix account, would cover your Xbox, you know, gaming account, and have a few, you know, hundred dollars left over for, for entertainment. So the, the plan is actually to, to for in the savings account to have subcategories and people will be able to set up separate sub accounts, whether it's for, um, you know, paying for entertainment, paying for education, you know, reserving funds for for emergencies, whatever it is, uh, for 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 children's education, and, and have those sub accounts. Um, and that would simply be, um, you know, an interface, you know, sort of a user experience way of organizing, organizing mm -hmm. that information. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's something that's definitely in the, in the works. Okay, that's that's great to hear. <laughs> And uh, just one last one, uh, one last question. Uh, for mirror uh, interactions, um, do you have like the full possibilities that you have on the on the mirror protocol in the sense that uh, you also enable um, after hours uh, trading? So like on weekends, for example, or do you solely limit it to the usual hours of trading? Uh, yeah, so it's the usual, it's, it's, um... Unlimited hours. So, you know, this is a direct implementation of Mirror. And okay. uh, if it came out over time that that was something that was um, needed or sensible to do or people, you know, needed, but, uh, you know, people can trade at any time on this, which is kind of the, the, the general philosophy of, of the crypto world anyway. So it is 24-7. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. But yeah, there, there's going to be a lot of interest with this. And I think, um, you know, this is going to be somewhere where we're going to get a lot of feedback from people around uh, how far down the line would they like to go with, uh, you know, this, this sort of trading um, and how much uh, functionality we would, you know, need to add and help them out with there. Quite a few things on the roadmap and we take it step by step, but essentially yeah. this is, you know, a really neat way to uh, get exposure to these, these great products. And uh, from that, we'll then be able to work with people exactly, you know, where to take it from there. You can buy stocks on the weekend. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the price will obviously look stable and you'll get some flat lines in the uh, the graphs. But uh, essentially, yeah, you, there's nothing stopping anyone doing it because it's not on the, the main exchange. It's, it's the synthetic asset. And I think that's going to be interesting for people, uh, being exactly. able to unlock that capability that we, we're, not, we're not held up, you know, we're not held back by this nine to five concept. It's insane to us now. Um, so, you know, people should be able to do whatever they want, whether the price is, is changing or not is different. But, uh, you know, that's the, the benefit of having really good oracles that are controlling all those prices is at least yeah. we know that at certain times that's exactly what the price should be. Any kind of trading for a few days or, or even weeks will realize that sometimes the news come up on weekends on purpose. Exactly. Right? Uh, and then you're wow. like, damn it, I want to buy it now. You know, this is great news. Or the other because way around. Because there's a pop like, on Monday. Well, I will actually also uh, ask you if you also know this. Uh, Mirror V2 just launched uh, a few days ago, and you can actually now take 
uh, your AUSD, which isn't represented in the Cash app, but uh, it's what you get when you deposit it on Anchor. And you can use it as collateral to mint M assets on Mirror. So you can actually take advantage of the deposited uh, money that you put on Anchor. So if you didn't know that... Oh, yeah, I, I, I did that last week. Yeah, okay, I did that last cool. week. <laughs> what, 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 what's exciting is you have the core Terraform lab team that is building a lot of these capabilities, right? And they're focused on smart contracts, making it work and everything, right? No, Make sure there's no bugs or anything in it. Yeah. And then you have um, companies like IntelliBridge that does a user interface that can spend time and sweat and tears yeah. into yeah. making sure that it is a delightful human experience exactly. so that you can say, hey, Anchor built the you know 20% interest or whatever, but with IntelliBridge, now you can say, let's create subcategories because you know you want that couch. I know you want that Netflix subscription. I yep. know you want that car. And then we'll create an easy user interface for you to do something like that. And yep. in that way, I view IntelliBridge as a way to be responsive to the market and knowing what are the market demands and the consumer demands and in a very agile way reacting to that. And I think that's what's going to get broader adoption of crypto beyond sure. the the DeFi degenerates like you and me, right? <laughs> so like like my fiance and my mom, <laughs> like everyone else, right? So yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, Terra's Terra's mission is really to 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 bring uh, crypto to the masses, and uh, the 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 very beginning of of their of their mission with the Chai app is just uh, it's just genius. Uh, I mean, people making payments without even knowing that they're uh, handling crypto without all the messiness of, of the wallets, exactly just like Craig was saying uh, with, with cash. That's that's definitely the way to go uh, to bring mass adoption. And we all know what happens to Luna when there's mass adoption of USD. So uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, just like buying Apple shares when everyone is buying iPhones, you know, so it's uh, kind of the same deal. Um, so yeah, definitely um, having Terraform Labs focus on the on, on the platform security, uh, on the base features that then people can build on. The, so that they're building the foundations. It's definitely um, a really good way to, to yeah to to bring stuff that people want to the market. Great, <laughs> agree. I just yeah. and I just want to add real quickly that I am so happy that it's truly decentralized as in you custody the assets yourselves it is not held in a big central pool held by intellibridge um there are so many companies at least in the united states where i live in new york um that you know they say they say they're DeFi, but it's really like they pull a bunch of people's assets together and it's CFI, and it's like you're you're just another bank at that point right yeah, but yeah. to contrast that with saying IntelliBridge and saying, no, you actually own the asset. We don't own it, right? It's not in our corporate bank account. It's in your account. We're simply a user interface overlay to make it easier for you to access it and to connect it with your local bank account to, you know, transfer money from there, right? That just gives me so much more peace of mind and like psychologically a sense of security and saying, I actually own these assets, right? I don't have to trust IntelliBridge because I own the assets myself. And exactly. like that, that is really great. And that's empowering. That's what DeFi is all about, right? That's the revolution that crypto is trying to create. And this is in the true ethos of that. So um, really excited to hear that the beta um, ended up still holding true to that.
actually about holding the the, the assets ourselves. Um, one of the let's say disadvantages of uh, of DeFi also, I mean, there's always pros and cons, right? Um, you know, with the traditional finance, uh, you have a problem with your bank. You grab the fund and you can call them, and uh, then they verify through your address or whatever uh, that you are the actual person who's calling. Um, yeah, with with uh, any MetaMask, uh, Terra Station wallet, etc., you lose your seed phrase. You ab lose absolutely everything. So. I'm guessing cash will bring some kind of um, user-friendliness way to maybe restore some kind of access, but without compromising security. What's your strategy on that? Yeah, very good question as well. So that um, we've solved by partnering uh, with Taurus and uh, we're utilizing their system, which allows uh, social logins to create the private key that's allowed to access the funds. So they have a very sophisticated network that splits that private key into different nodes and it's only compiled at the runtime that the user's actually logging in. So it's brought in from multiple areas on the web mm -hmm. and then put together for that exact session. Uh, and through that partner, the user is also able to work on recovering that private key. If there's ever a problem and they ever wanna do something different with those funds, that private key exists in a different realm and can be recovered through that environment. But essentially it is, it is using social logins to make it really easy. And then there's a layer of multi-factor authentication that is part of, of that, that suite of, of, of security. Uh, there is the, the, the biometric capability, for example. Um, but that is the general idea is it's done in a way that has redundancy from the application point of view. If that private key needs to be recovered with the partner, that is something that can be done. Uh, and okay. so then there's this capability to always, the funds are always safe, they can always be recovered. Cool, cool. And uh, Sergio is the administrator of all the Discord groups in the Terra ecosystem, right? Luna, Anchor, Mirror. So he reads on a weekly basis, people complain about these things or like they're worried about these things. So um, now you can say, well, you know, like four people um, who are worried about that, like even people like me, right? I don't even trust myself. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> Here is an alternative. I swear, my mom has my keys. <laughs> uh, she doesn't got me. Um, so, like now that there's an easier way in IntelliBridge to do that without having to give all your information to your mom. <laughs> That's so, a that is a very hard uh, line to draw, right? I mean, the decentralization versus centralization. Obviously, decentralization has a lot of benefits. People are really searching for, but as you had mentioned about MetaMask and such, the amount of personal responsibility placed on people. Um, everyone's heard the horror stories of, oh, I, I typed in one key wrong and sent it to the wrong address. All these non-user friendly interfaces have led to just a small mistake that, that turns devastating, right? So it's interesting to see how well you guys are actually capable of, of helping people avoid these small mistakes by making things incredibly user friendly, onboarding them correctly, and then having systems in place to help them should something go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that is the, the, the general premise. That's the philosophy is uh, how do we make it so that uh, non-professional people in the crypto world or uh, you know, regular people can actually interact with it and feel confident. So it is you know, presenting them with social logins to start off with. It has a little bit of, of multi-factor authentication, but from then it's something that they're used to. And so they don't have to worry about uh, certain aspects of that complexity if they can get into their google login they're away but there are other capabilities we've got a passwordless auth as well which is on the roadmap and that will then give them a true decentralization where there isn't any linkage to any other platform it's purely 
if you receive that email in your secure email, you can then access the system. So there's other ways of also just you know making that even more decentralized, which is on the on the plan. The transfers and missing a, a character or a number or something. Um, so will users uh, have these like unique usernames that they can use to, to, to send funds to each other or will you do it via phone numbers? I mean, what will you do as a like unique identifier of people so that they cannot make mistakes when transferring money to like the girlfriend or the mother or whatever? Yeah, absolutely. So that is, that is part of the plan is to bring in a capability to then give people uh, a way to have simple um, communication. So there is support within some of the, the products that we're using already, and it is something that is going to be, you know, more developed over time. But the idea is exactly that, is uh, that is a, a key area that uh, we want to do away with, putting in a long code and being worried that this is, again, one character off, or it's a completely right. different wallet. Sometimes they don't even protect you from that. It's actually a different format. Uh, mm -hmm. So that is a key thing that is, 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 is to be demystified and to, to be made easy because we see it as a massive barrier. So it is part of what is actually ongoing in the background right now.